So our special guest today is Stuart Bray. Hello and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. So can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Uh, Yes, Um, I live in the United States. I live in uh, the state of Kentucky in a town called Mount Washington. Um, I've been writing now uh, horror for uh, quite a few years now. Um, I got published in two two years ago, two, three years ago almost. Yeah. Um, I mainly write uh, in the extreme horror genre. Uh, I just released a thriller called uh, Sour Under the Flesh. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much me. Brilliant. So do you add your extreme in your thrillers that you write? What is it? What was the question? Do you add your extreme into the thrillers that you write? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny because I consider them extreme thrillers. Like I, I, I'd never heard that term before, and uh, I consider them extreme thrillers. So, and I've I've been asked before. I, people have asked, "What is that?" And it, it took me a minute because I was like, "Well, you know, honestly, um, if if I had to compare it to something like if if like if anyone was like, well, what do you consider an extreme thriller?" I would say like the movie Seven. Was, is, is like an extreme thriller. It's it's a gory yeah. horror thriller. But, you know, there's, there's that sense of there's that whodunit crime, you know, mystery to it. You yeah. know, it's not just it's not just a guy in a mask killing people. It's not just for the sake of gory. Like, it's it's none of that. It's there. There's a there's a uh, as I said, the whodunit, uh, the mystery behind it, you know, but, you know, you can add mystery, but also add an element of gore and you know, stuff like that to it. it. This new book isn't necessarily gory. I wouldn't say it's, I mean, it, like with my other stuff, if my other stuff was on the one through 10 scale of being completely deranged, yeah. uh, most of it is on a 10, but this would probably fall in like a two. So, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> okay. So tell me a little bit about your books without obviously giving away any of your spoilers. Uh, yeah. Um, so my... I'm mostly known for the June trilogy. Uh, I have Broken Pieces of June, uh, White Trash, Broken Pieces of June 2, and Just June, Part 3. Those were my most popular books. Uh, I just recently released a trilogy set of all three books in one. Yeah. That included a bonus story about uh, an or an, a bonus origin story about one of the main characters of the books. So if you buy the the trilogy set, you get the bonus story. So it's, it's kind of a thing. Um, uh, my other books like violence on the meek one and two, they are my more, I mean, June is very extreme. It's that is an, as extreme horror as you can get, but yeah. violence on the meek is, I think it's what put me on the radar, I guess. I mean, I, I'm not going to like say like, you know, that I'm, I'm known. I'm just going to say that like, it, it's what, got the attention of the readers and that's what i hear most about is violence on the meek you know if i see any type of comparison when someone says if someone on a facebook group says oh give me your most extreme horror recommendations i'm i have no triggers i'm i'm ready for anything like violence on the meek is nine times out of ten is somewhere mentioned in the comments yeah so uh, yeah it's 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 definitely the one that i've even had tiktokers like that have book that do the book talk things uh they're like they'll they'll talk to me and uh, they'll talk to me about like june the june series and all of a sudden they're like wait a second you wrote violence on the meek and i'm like yeah yeah i didn't really think you know like oh my gosh i I just read that i I didn't even put the two together that's you (laughs) i'm like yeah yeah that's same name and all like uh so people uh but it's funny because like people i've I've had that two or three times now where i've i've had a full-blown conversation with somebody and towards the end of the conversation they they say you know, this is going to sound crazy, but like, and I know, I, I, I mean, it's obviously you, but did you write Violence on the Meek? And I'm like, yeah, that was me. And they're like, oh man, that's crazy. Like, I've been talking to you. I didn't even know that. So everyone, I'm more recognizable with that 
book with Violence on the Meek one and two than than anything else. I don't think if it, I don't think if it wasn't for Violence on the Meek, I don't think we we probably wouldn't even be having this discussion now. So yeah. um, it it really launched. You know that that book came out and a lot of people were like, "Hey man, get on Facebook." I was never on Facebook, so. I got on Facebook and I said, you know what? I'll just, I'll take the plunge. I'll get on Facebook. I'm not a social media person, but I had an Instagram and all that stuff, TikTok, but I just never got into the Facebook thing. I'm just not one of those, Hey, look what I'm doing kind of people. So, but I jumped on Facebook and did what they said, fell under the peer pressure. And, uh, and now that's my book sales are great. Um, like it it really blew up. Like it's amazing. Actually, like it's, it. I, I'm still to this day stunned that my books sell the way they do. Like it, it actually is baffling to me that my books sell the way they do. What? Why baffling? Um, because I, I said I'm I'm like my own worst. I'm like my biggest critic. Um, I can't unless I'm like going back and like proofreading or you know before I send a book to an editor or something like. I don't like to read my own stuff. I'm very critical. Like I'll never get it right the way I want it. Um, I've tried to go back and read my stuff before, but it, it bugs me so bad because I'll go back and read it. And I, all I'll say to myself was, eh, that could have been better. Or uh, I should, I should, I should have done this. <laughs> I, I do it all the time. Even when the book, when I have went back, read it and I'm like, okay, this is, this is right where I want it to be. It can, it can be exactly what I want it to be. Like to a T everything. But if I go back and read it or someone – I hear a synopsis from somebody will give like a synopsis of the book in a review, and I hear it, and I'm like, well, you know what would have been cooler if I did this? And I think about all these things, and it bugs me. So then it eats away at me, and I'm like, oh, man, you know what? In the next book, I, I, I got to remember this. And then I write it, and uh, so, so I mean, it's, some people – I guess people like my like like my work. I mean, it, it, I, I'm, I'm guessing they do. So they sell. So that's a plus. But um, I, I just don't. Um, I'm not one of those people that like. It's hard for me to look at my stuff and and say like you know that there's anything extra special about it. Um, yeah. yeah, I think what it is is the way I write. Um, I try to be as pull you in as much as possible. Any of my books that you pick up, if you pick up one of my books and read the first sentence, you're going to say, oh, well, because I try to say the most bizarre, outlandish things on the first sentence of the book. So people are immediately like, well, OK, I, I got to know where this goes. So it's but as I said, when I when I first started writing, my first book was The Heretic, and it was a 204, 205 page book. Um almost 50,000 words. So it was almost a no- it was pretty much a novel. And uh, I think the first year that it was out, I made like a good month would have been $60. And, you know, at that time I was like that, I was amazed that I could even make that much off of a book. Like, Oh my gosh, I just wrote this book. How am I making $60 a month? That's nuts. Like to me, that was crazy. Like that, that blew my mind like that, you know, but now, now that I've written 12, 13 books, done a couple, uh, you know, like uh, a couple projects with other people, Jason Nicky and Otis Bateman and Stephen Cooper. And I've done a lot of these other books with other people. Um, now, you know, it's it's a lot more than $60 a month now. So, I mean, that's and that's what amazes me. I always thought that I was worth the $60 a month. Like that was what I was. That was the the top tier. That's as far as I was going to go. I had broke through the glass ceiling. I was, I had made it. So to, to see the way it is now compared to then, it's just, it's amazing to me. Like I still, as I said before, I, I'm still amazed. I mean, every day I wake up and, and I, I check my Amazon KDP account and look at the sales and all that stuff. I'm just, I mean, I'm just flabbergasted. I'm like, I'm going to my wife and I'm like, look at these, look at these sales. Look, look, look at this. People are like <laughs> buying these books. Like what is even my wife, she, she even says, she's like, wow. Like, like people, that many people are, are interested in the things that I write. Like it's mind boggling. Yeah. So what, so what inspired you to write in the horror genre? Um, honestly, uh, a lot of people are going to say the same thing, but I kind of feel like, a lot of people I've, I've asked, I've heard that question a lot. And a lot of people, when I hear someone ask that question, they always say Stephen King. 
Uh, that was never my thing. Uh, I, I like Stephen King, and I think he's a phenomenal writer. Uh, it's more hit or miss nowadays, but um, you know, I did read Stephen King when I was younger, but it, that, that never really inspired me to write because his books were always so long. Yeah. And I never, I was like, I will never write a book that's eleven hundred pages long. Like I, <laughs> I, 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 that, that was always like that always pushed me away from writing. Seeing like Dean Koontz or Stephen King or anything, I'm like, these books are so long. How of how much time would this take? I mean, what is it even worth it? Like, so I always thought that. So that that never got it. I think it was horror movies. Growing up, like watching horror movies and stuff. Like, I think that's what got me into it. Um, I've always liked horror movies for the reason that they they elicit an, a reaction that other thing that other movies don't you know comedies they make you laugh uh even romance movies they make you laugh or cry or whatever but but horror like it has such a, a re, it has like a visceral reaction like it's it really like to someone who's not really a, a diehard horror fan it's so fun to sit them down and say hey watch the exorcist well, I've never seen The Exorcist. Well, you're in for a treat. Now watch this movie. And to see someone's face, like like they're cuddled up in a blanket or they're like their <laughs> eyes are all wide. Like that reaction is that that no like that's my that that, that I can't there, I can't even put it into words. I cannot put that into words how how awesome it is that someone can make some type of art that gets a reaction like that out of somebody. Even books. Uh, I was a I was a kid and I read uh, scary stories to tell in the dark, and those stories legitimately scared me. And I and I was like, this is awesome. I want to be able to write something. And it, it, it's amazing that's there that you can write something. Someone's reading this, so you have to be detailed enough for someone. You have to be descriptive enough in your writing for someone to read what you've written and have a physical reaction. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like. I love that. Like I, I write the most extreme, crazy things, and and sometimes I'm like, I love hearing like some of these reviews because people are like, "Wow, man, I, I just opened this book and the first sentence, like I, I turned any page I turned to, it was like this gross, crazy thing." And like I love that. That's so exciting because like I wrote something that got a reaction like that from someone. Yeah, you know, it's easy in a movie to jump to jump scare someone. Say boom, and someone jumps. It's it's a cheap way of scaring somebody because I don't really look at that as scaring you. I look at that as surprising you because anybody you can walk up behind anybody and say boom, and nine times out of ten they kind of that startled reaction. But to, to like the movies that, and I compare that to the books, the movies that show you something on screen. That is so deeply unsettling that it makes your heart race and you're, you you kind of tense up and it's not a jump scare. It's just physically putting something on the screen that is so horrifying that your body doesn't know how to how to register. Um, when I first watched The Ring and Samara climbs through the TV, that that's not a jump scare. That is a that is a that is them showing you something. Letting you adjust. It's not like coming right out of the blue. You're adjusting to it. You're adjusting as you as you tighten up in your seat as, as this little girl climbs out of a well and then out of a TV. Like that is horrifying. That's that's scary. And that's that's what I like about horror, like writing horror. Because you can get that reaction from someone. Someone can read your books, whether it's this whether it's disgusting or scary, that reaction is is the best reaction. And maybe secondly is like making someone laugh. Making someone laugh is a pretty good feeling too. But, yeah. but I tell you, like to really get under someone's skin like that, even if I get a negative review and someone's like, "This book was vile, disgusting, and I do not recommend it. I never read this." I, I, I love that. That is such a reaction. My book made you so angry and so disgusted that you would actually take the time to berate it and just. <laughs> Talk about the awful things about it. Like it gave you that. I'm I'm fine with that. I, I, in my mind, there is no there's no such thing as a bad review. Any publicity is good publicity, you know. Because yeah. every, every time for, for the people that don't know this, the reviewers and the readers, they might not know this, but if you give a bad review on an extreme horror book, that is going to interest people 
more into reading it because anytime you see someone post about this book was disgusting, uh, there was so much of this, I DNF'd it. I'm, I'm not, that's awful. That is awful. All you see in the comments is, where do I buy it? Where do I buy it? Well, I'm reading this now. <laughs> now I got to read this. So any, re, any publicity is good publicity when it comes to, especially with extreme horror. And it is to, to get that reaction back. That's the greatest thing for me. Like, just, I, like whether you love it, you hate it, I, I love it either either way. Like, I want you to react to my books. Yeah. It is right, though, isn't it? Any If you get a negative comment, especially on the extreme horrors, a lot of people who like extreme horrors will actually go to the one stars and the two stars first, have a look at those, and then decide whether they're going to buy it or not. Yeah. That, that, that's literally what happens you can and, and the proof's in the pudding like you can literally go to books of horror or any of these facebook groups and see these comments it, it, it's hilarious because and it's not like a comment like they, they usually don't jump on it if the reviewer has to be smart about it they have to say and i hate to say this and people hear this but if, if they're like look this book was poorly written uh it, the story was awful it just it just didn't grab me that's the kind of review that might turn people off from reading your book. But when you are somebody who gets on and says, this book had this scene, it was so gross and disgusting, and I can't see how anybody reads stuff like this. Uh, anyone who reads this is a sick individual. Like Those are the kind of reviews that make people say, <laughs> well, now i got to know what they're talking about. I've had book sales go up after a bad review. I, I, I'm not kidding. I've had a massive spike in book sales. Over a bad review, over a disgusted review. So I, I was told uh, that I was in a, in a comment. Someone said that my book was vile, disgusting. Uh, there was something mentally wrong with me if I write stuff like that. Um, it, they called it. What do they call it? They called it uh, torture porn, and this and that. And, and that word alone, don't say that because people instantly are like, "What? What? Oh, okay. What? What? What's, what's, what's this? What? What? What is it like?" <laughs> and it, it, I had so many comments. People were like, well, now I'm interested. Now I'm buying this. Like, now I'm reading this. You say torture porn, huh? Well, all right. Well, I guess I, that's added to my library. So, like, <laughs> it's amazing that that kind of, like, it is funny because it, it it happens more so than when someone says, you know what? This is a great book. You know, everyone should read this. It was phenomenal. And then you'll get your comments like, yeah, you know, I'll check it out. Okay, well, I'll read it. And, and that's what you get. You give a negative review, like you're disgusted. People eat that up. They're like, "Well, I'm on it. I'm, I got, I got to see what you're talking about now." Like, <laughs> so it's kind of like a reverse thing. Like, you almost want the the disgusted reviews for people. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, how do you come up with your extreme settings and your extreme stories? Uh, honestly, uh, this is gonna sound weird too but a lot of uh nightmares uh i have like i guess i have that vivid imagination so uh i had night terrors really bad when i was younger like i would wake up and sweat sweating and screaming like it was it was awful my dreams would always feel so real yeah i mean there, there were times that i would have nightmares where and i never believed that people could do this until it happened to me having a dream where you know you're dreaming and you're trying in the dream to wake yourself up and I've had those numerous times now where I'm I'm literally in my head saying, okay, this is a dream. I'm laying in bed. I got to do something. I'll like be in the dream and try to jump off something just to wake up. And those vivid, really real dreams like that, like I use a lot of that kind of stuff in my books. Like that inspires a lot of it like that because that's legitimate gripping fear. Yeah. You know, when you're in a dream, imagine you're in a nightmare and you're in the middle of a field. Uh, a big grassy field. There's nothing around you. Okay. There is a giant German shepherd chasing you and it's, it, it's going to bite you. It's going to hurt you if it catches you. But so you run, there's nowhere to jump. There's no trees to climb. There's no holes to hide in. There's no houses to go into. You're in a big open field. There's a dog chasing you. It has a lot more stamina than you do. It runs faster than you do. You know, you're screwed, but you're going to try to run. So in that nightmare, when you're running, for me personally, I'm running in slow motion, and the dog isn't. So I'm running, and I cannot run. It's just really slow. My legs don't work. And this dog is getting closer and closer and closer. 
And that right there, like that's real, that's gripping fear. And it's nothing, that's not gross. It's not uh, extreme. That's just a basic, you know, someone's uh, big dog's chasing you. And, and that alone, you know, when you feel yourself in that situation, it, it's it's so scary. You know, and, and I, I really think that it's a like dreams like that, that give me a lot of my ideas for my books. That, you know, uh, I'll watch a lot of like B horror movies and stuff like that, like everyone is inspired from something there's there's really no original ideas nowadays in, in a true sense like nothing yeah. now is you know that's not a dig towards anybody i do I, i'm saying it towards myself as well i'm inspired by other books and movies and tv shows and stuff like that like um just like any other extreme horror author that i read it's not like you're reading something that's truly truly original Everything is either a worse form of something else or a not-so-bad form of something else that someone has read or seen. You try to take those scenes that you see in movies or other books, or and you try to kind of like change them in your own way. It's kind of like playing The Sims. You're given yeah. this world to create, and it's up to you to decide what everyone does in your world, what your world looks like. You know, you, you have this, this base you have the tools to use. You're given the tools. Your tools are your ideas, your inspirations. Those are all your tools. You're given all that stuff to create a world inside your book or movie. And honestly, like mine, my biggest uh, for like my books, uh, oddly enough, uh, Fight Club was a big inspiration, which is oddly it's, it's super weird that that's that's a that's a <laughs> Fight Club seven, um, the basic slashers, uh, something like that, like. Um, you know, I, the names I come up with of cities or towns are like usually mixes of other cities or towns I know of. Uh, mm-hmm. I created a city that is featured heavily in my books called Moon City. And I think Moon City appears in like, God, like five, four or five of my books. Moon City is featured. And, you know, so it's kind of like my thing. And the way I look at it, it's like this noir 1930s city kind of black and white feel like uh like a frank miller comic book like it's all in black and white but like someone's blood would be red on a black and white screen like that's the way i look at it it's like a noir 1930s uh trench coats and fedoras walking down the street like that's the kind of that's what moon city is to me yeah um but uh so i use that a lot in my books and i feel like and a lot of things is when you when being have an inspiration you can be inspired from yourself too just like that you know i build on that so every time i use moon city in one of my books i build onto it i add new places or or new characters to it or or whatever like you build on everything you're inspired by yourself you're always getting better you know my first book was not terrific it was not it was not great it's gotten good reviews but it was wasn't great by any means. It was very everywhere. It's very acid trippy, unintentionally. Um, I wasn't as good at staying focused and placing things where they needed to go to make a story. It was just yeah. kind of everywhere. Um, so it, you can you can see that. And like I said, I've inspired myself in that way. Like I'm constantly trying to write better, uh, be more creative. I don't want any of my ideas to be the same. You know, I don't want to be that guy where it's like, oh, here's another Stuart Ray book. Let me guess. It's going to be some crazy main character who goes on a killing spree and does this and that, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to, I don't ever want to be like that. So that is my inspiration is to always be different and be better on every story and every book that I write. Yeah, it's a good way of looking at it, isn't it? To um, sort of like build yourself up and learn more as you're going along as well, which will make your writing a lot better. Exactly. Okay, so have you ever scared yourself with anything that you've written? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it does bother me. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm not one of these people, and I know a lot of these, a lot of authors and a lot of these readers that are kind of critical. They're they're like, well, how do you write stuff like this? Like, how do you, how can your brain, even my wife asked me that. My wife asked me that all the time. She never read a single book of mine, but she knows what's in the books. And she asked me, she says, how do you write that stuff? How do you come up with that? Like, why would you want to think like that? And 
yeah, I, 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 I don't know. You know, I'm, I feel like I'm a pretty normal person outside of, you know, I have two kids in a house and yeah, I take my kids to baseball practice and I go to work every day. Like I lead a pretty normal life outside of my books. Like if you read my books, you wouldn't think, probably think I live in some kind of like dungeon under the city and I like, you know, like eat rats for dinner or like whatever. But like, no, it's, um, but yeah, like, yeah, I, I've, I've written a couple things that, and I think it was the second June book. I wrote a few things in that book that I actually stopped and was like, maybe this is too much. <laughs> you know, I have thought that there have been times, there's a few, been a few times that I have been like, you know what, maybe I shouldn't. And I'll, I'll build on to it. Then I'll kind of come back and say, yeah, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to change that. Not because It's just because it's, not because it's something I feel bad about writing, but it's just sometimes like you can be a little unnecessarily violent or unnecessarily gross just for the sake of being gross. And that's not really my thing. You know, I want my gross stuff to have a story behind it. I don't want to just be extreme. Just I don't, I'm not looking for just shock. I want you to be shocked, but also be like, Hey, you know, that was, that was a good story. But, um, yeah, some of the things I've I've written, they they've uh I've kind of been like I've questioned my mental state a few times after writing some things. I'm like, well, are you as normal as you think you are? Like, you really like how does this like how do you come up with this stuff? That I'm like, I, I I don't know. That's a that's a loaded question. It's a hard question to answer. Like, like I've been asked, like, well, man, you know, like it has to come from somewhere, and I'm like, dude, it's from horror movies and books and as i said before you build on top of all this other stuff you know you learn from other things i've watched extreme horror movies and stuff like that you know and i've been like oh that's a good idea for a book let me let me kind of tweak that a little bit to fit my own you know story <laughs> and so i mean that's a, yeah i said if any extreme horror author actually says that they have not questioned their sanity or their like, you know, mental well-being after some of the things that they've written. That's that's just not true. There's just there's just absolutely no way that like I as I said, I have twelve or thirteen books now and I could not tell you how many times I've actually stopped typing and been like, uh oh, I'm a backspace. Backspace, backspace, backspace. And, and you know, it's it, it's happened a lot because I'm just like is that just over the top? You know, is it just too much? And, um, and heck, you don't want to like overdo yourself in one book. I mean, if you just go as nuts as you possibly can in one book, and then you're like, I'm going to write another book that's, that's crazy too. And you're like, well, I've used that idea. I've used that crazy idea. Uh, like, and then you're stuck with like, you don't want to keep yeah. recycling the same stuff over and over and over. So, so answer in short. I have concerned myself a few times. I've been scared <laughs> myself. I have, I have felt concern for myself a few times after what I've written. <laughs> so, what's the most challenging aspects of writing the horror? Oh man, that the most challenging part is being creative. As I said, like before, like every idea is technically a recycled idea. You, you drink a bottle of water. How many times has that bottle been something else? You know, it's 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 probably been a water bottle six times. It was probably a, you know, somebody's like detergent bottle at one point. You never know. Like all this, it, that's how stories. To me, that's how stories are. Every yeah. story is a recycled version of something. So to be to come up with new and inventive ideas, especially in the world of horror, you know, there's so many good. And I'm not just talking about extreme horror. I mean just horror as a whole, like. There's so many great ideas out there. You have your supernaturals and your slashers and your extreme stuff and all this. Like I said, it's very, very difficult to because a lot of people think like, oh, I have a great idea for a book. I've been approached with that so many times that I've had people message me. They're like, I have a great idea for a book. And I'll say, OK, well, tell me. And they'll tell me, but they'll tell me this kind of a basic little idea that might be, make for a good story. But not a good book. Stories are easy to write. Yeah. Stories are easy. Anyone who's ever written knows that a story, you know, you write up, you know, 5,000 word story. It, you know, easy. You have your beginning, middle, end. Uh, you got to cram it all into one short, you know, it's, it's, it's easy. Um, it holds people's attention. But you have to write a 40,000 word 
novella or novel that keeps people's interest. That's that's hard. No one realizes how hard that is. You know, and to, to writing a book is hard. You know, you don't want to contradict yourself. You got to have everything just right. You should you should see before. Yeah. Here, I'm going to start from here. Write this, 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 and this, and I'm then gonna, I'm done. I'm going to stop you there. We lost you for a bit. Oh. <laughs> Wonder what happened. I don't know. What, what was, it said it's on mute. <laughs> What in the world? Like, <laughs> I was talking and I was just like, it got quiet and I was like, well, she's a really good listener. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, wait. <laughs> well, let me, okay. I, I, if you can hear me now, I don't know what the last thing you heard was, but uh, <laughs> I can hear you now. Just carry on. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I, that was very odd. Um, but, uh, it's funny because I was I was waiting for something like that to maybe happen, and I would just be rambling on and on and not be on here with anybody. <laughs> and then I like I'll notice like ten minutes later that I haven't been on here with anybody at all, and <laughs> I just feel like I'm just out here crazy person talking to themselves. So, but as a being coming up with new ideas and formulating a story that is long enough to be a book, in my personal opinion, that's the hardest part about writing. Like. I said, stories are easy. They're quick, to the point. They're easy. You, you, if you have a little small idea, you can make a story out of it. An idea doesn't make a book. And a lot of people think that, that if you haven't, if you haven't written, a lot of people think, well, I had this great idea for a book, man. Like, you're not going to believe it. You know, this guy, he has like these supernatural powers and he can like, you know, bring people back from the dead. And I'm like, okay, well, that sounds like a really good story. But how do you turn that into a book? Yeah. You know, I, I need a vast amount of characters. I need there's you need a lot more substance than that. You know, you're, you, it's, you know, like a short story is like a six ounce sirloin. And then like, you know, a novel is like a 20 ounce tenderloin or, you know, like a T-bone steak. Like like it, there's a big difference in the two. So formulating the story and staying not contradicting yourself during the story. It was a it was a nice cold you know winter day, and then two pages later you're like, well I was sweating so bad because the the hot summer day was just taking its toll on me, and you're like, oh well, I thought it was winter you know so just those little things like that can really throw someone from a book, you know you have your readers that are like well that you know kind of take took me out of it, uh, that's that's the hard part for me that's honestly is taking this idea that I have and turning it into something that's you know two hundred pages and. 40,000 to 50,000 words just from an idea. Like, it's amazing. Like, I'm like, all right, I got to think of all these characters and all these places and all this stuff. You know, I got to set up my storyboard. And it, it, that for me is the hardest part of writing. Yeah. Well, I get what you're saying. It is quite hard to uh, get that many words out of a small story. You've got a lot of work to go into it. Exactly. Okay, so how has the horror genre evolved over the years for you? Uh, for me, uh, horror in general, I mean, it's amazing how it's evolved. That's that's a good question. That's a really good question because horror has evolved for like, I mean, just not for me in a sense of like everybody. Like, look at movies. You had the Hammer films like, or you had like the classic Universal monsters, Dracula, Frankenstein, all these, you know, you had a monster and people, that was what scared people, monsters. But nowadays in, in, in the world we live in now, that's Frankenstein or the Wolfman, stuff like that. It's, that doesn't really get it to people now. You can yeah. still respect those movies and I still watch those movies. I love those movies. They're classics. But with today's audience, it doesn't work like that. You're not going to have a, an, a 17-year-old high schooler who's on TikTok all day watching a movie from 1932. You know, you ha horror, all forms of entertainment have had to evolve. Once again, I'm going to use the same thing. You're not going to have someone now, your average Joe, go watch a Shakespearean play. You know, they're not going to they're going to sit through for five minutes and say, what is this? I can't understand this old English. I can't uh, I don't know what they're going on about. Like, so even in that sense, entertainment has evolved. 
You yeah. know, I mean, at one point in time, we were entertained by people in a gladiator arena killing each other. So, like, so the sense that, like, like now with entertainment, you have to have, like, it's almost like everything now has to be modernized. Uh, there has to be cell phones or, uh, you know, like, you know, everything has to be modernized. Like, with my books, with, with writing for me, I have never went above the year 2000 in any of my books. And every book that I've ever written, it has never passed the year 2000. I don't want to include cell phones. I don't want to include fancy TVs. I don't want to include the internet. <laughs> like, I want, like, if a computer is is in my story, there is a very limited thing. There's a very small amount of things you can do with that computer. So I, I, I'm not one. I like to keep in that. Listen, I was, I grew up in the 90s, so, like, like that was my thing. Like I, I love those times. I love the simplicity going outside and actually playing with toys and friends and yeah, not being cooped up inside all day. I, I, I love that. Like I still I, I think about that all the time. So with my books, all of my books take place in the nineties. Every book I've written. There's there's been a few that have been before that. Um I had one in the seventies and actually one in the sixteen hundreds with my first book. It there's a part that takes place in the Salem in the sixteen hundreds, but um it's I don't know, like horrors evolved for for everybody in every aspect. Even, even book, if you look at books, like uh, I think it's the attention span for everyone nowadays. I said I think things like TikTok and these quick clips have ruined people's ability to focus for more than an hour. You know, like uh, I feel like horror movies now are more rushed. Uh, more more happens in such a little amount of time. You know, like you had horror movies like The Others, or you know, like even movies like The Green Mile. You know, when I was younger, I had the two VHS tapes of those. You had to use two VHS tapes and because I mean, it's such a long movie. But I think about it now, like, like, what is the average 20 or something year old? Are they really going to sit and watch a two, two and a half hour, three hour movie? Like, is their attention span? Like, it's nothing against those people. But like, we are raised in a society now that, you know, you're used to just scrolling through TikTok or everything is quick to you, even even books. I mean, all the books are on most books are on Kindle or, you know, you have ebooks and stuff like a lot of people are more into digital copies of their books than they are physical. Yeah. Um, I'm more of a physical person myself, but I have to do, you know, I have to appeal to that audience. I have to say, OK, well, I have ebooks, too. Here, here you go. And but as I said, like, I think that's how horror has evolved for me. Like, I think that it is. I, this sounds weird to say it, but shorter. Um, as I said, like you go back and look at those older movies, you had a lot more scenes with dialogue and not a lot of stuff had to happen because people were just happy to be in a theater to watch a movie, you know, and then when it didn't take much to scare people or to entertain people, you know, you had the Wolfman and some like really horrible 1950 CGI where his face, like all the hair grows and people back then were like, Oh, you know, like, Oh, wow. Oh, this is, this is nuts. How, how'd they do that? Like, yeah. how, how'd they do it? Um, I mean, look at the silent pre-code era. Like, I love silent films. Nosferatu, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, uh, all those. Like, like I, I still watch those. I think those are so neat. It's like watching – it's like going back in time. You know, 19 – I think Nosferatu is 1922. Cabinet of Dr. Caligari is 1920 or 21. I could be wrong on that one. But they were in the 20s. Like, you know, to hear someone talk on camera was like, what? You know, Wizard of Oz, to see color. You know, and in 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 that sense, like horror movies, like I think horror movies, they've evolved to a point where the people who make them and write them have to say, okay, what can we do to keep everyone's attention? We got to do this quick. We need to make this movie an hour and ten minutes. We need to get through it. You know, people are going to lose interest within the hour mark. That sucks to me. That really sucks. You know, and that's why you don't see people like Stephen King writing books like it anymore. There's there's not a lot of people out there that want to read an eleven hundred page novel, so, and 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 that that does suck, and you know it's it it it's, it sucks, and it's bittersweet because I'm glad that horror is still evolving. That's great, you know. It's not some lost art; it is still evolving. I mean, we don't have to like the way it's evolving. Everyone has their own tastes and stuff, but to me, I wish that horror now would focus more on characters and. Stuff like that, more dialogue and character built, character driven stories. Um, uh, 
instead of just trying to force everything down your throat all at once yeah. and just to appeal to an audience that has a low that the attention span doesn't really hold them for more than an hour so um and i said books have been as i was saying books are the same way look at books like how often now do you see a book as thick as it or as thick as the stand or any of those kind of books like you don't see those very often like you, you just don't and i think a lot of writers know they're aware that you're not going to hold someone's the average reader, you know, the house mom who's trying to take care of three kids and just gets a minute to sit down and read isn't reading it. Like they're not reading yeah. it. And if they are, it takes a very long time to finish. So uh, writers and authors now need to know that what audience you're dealing with. You know, I've, I've most of my books are 200 pages at best, maybe 150. You know, and I feel like if you can get your story all out there, hold their attention. You know, I try to do a lot of like character development and stuff because that's for me that's the most important thing in a in any type of movie or book. Character development. I need to care about these characters. And with movies now, with them being so rushed the way horror is now, you don't care about any characters in movies now. You know, you see the slasher flicks where a group of kids are killed off or whatever, and you're like, oh, okay, well, whatever. You know, there's nothing there where you where a character dies and you're just wowed. You're like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that just happened. Yeah. So that that's how I feel like horror is evolved. I'm, I'm glad it is evolving, but it it's more it's oh sorry, I'm glad it's evolving. That's great because you know the train has to keep rolling. Um, you can either evolve with it or get left behind. The way I look at it, like. Yeah, you know, if you, you you and that sucks. As I said, because I appreciate the past and all that stuff, and you know, uh, none of us would be writing now if it wasn't for a lot of these people that laid the groundwork with all these other these great books. I'm not even I don't even read that much horror. I write horror, but I'm not a I'm not a big horror reader. Yeah, uh, I like the Count of Monte Cristo and Animal Farm and uh, uh, the. Um, Sorry, Lord of the Flies is one of my favorite books ever written. Uh, Hatchet by Gary Paulson is a survival book. Like, <laughs> I'm more so, like, those are my type of books. Like, you know, like, so I, 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 I'll I, have people send me stuff. You know, here, read my story. I wrote this horror book. And I'm like, oh, great. Well, I have a friend that's written something. Or I see something that interests me. I'll sit down and read it. But I'm not really reading that much horror now. I'm watching more horror movies. But I'm not really reading as much horror now. It, it's kind of like I need a palate cleanse. <laughs> you know, after writing all this yeah. stuff, you don't want to be reading about it. And That's it, isn't oh, it? You don't want it to be your entire life. You don't. And that's the thing, like, everyone – it's such a – it's a stereotype. Like, everyone thinks that, like, just because I'm a horror, an extreme horror author that I'm just living in this, like, dark, like, yeah, horror, horror, guts and blood and all and, and, and it's not like that. I, I I enjoy a good comedy movie. I, I enjoy just a, a good normal normal book. Like uh it, it I don't want to be so like I love horror. I love it. I mean my office is decked out in horror memorabilia and stuff, but but I need a break every now and then. I'm not trying to make it my whole existence. So yeah. So, have you got any upcoming projects that you're really excited about? Um, my one of my biggest projects to date. Uh, I kind of feel cheap doing it because I know it's just what everyone wants, and I've always been the one to say, "Write what you want to write, not what everyone wants." Like, your story should be your own, and you should, you know, write how you want to write and write what you want to write. But uh, I have "Violence on the Meek" three that I'm currently in the process of writing. Um. So that is, I announced that a couple days ago, and it has just been just nonstop. Oh, I'm just reading this till Violence on the Meek 3 comes out. Or, oh, I, how, how's Violence on the Meek 3 coming along? You know, and uh, I mean, that's awesome. I'm, 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 I'm thrilled that everyone's so excited about it. It's awesome. Um, and I'm really excited for people to read it. So that will be, I, I could see that being in about, a month, maybe maybe a month and a half before I'm ready to submit it and have it edited and all that stuff. So I, I never gave anyone like a, a release date. So I'm not really one of those people. I don't want to be like, oh, well, this is coming out this day. And then, you know, you really don't know. Um, 
because I've, I've made that mistake before <laughs> where I'm like, hey, I got this book coming out. And my editor's like, dude, I can't edit your stuff right now. I got I'm, I'm busy. Like, I can't. It's going to have to be a couple of days. And I'm like, oh, man. So now I've learned my lesson and I kind of like wait until I'm for certain, like I can control the release date. Yeah. But, um, that was Balance on the Week 3. And then I just had a Sour Under the Flesh release uh, a few weeks back um, as a, it's a thriller. Um, and then the Broken Trilogy that had just released prior to that. So those three things, as I said, like those are those have been the focus of what I've been trying to promote lately. So yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty much it. Good. I wish you the best of luck with all of them. And of course, Finance and the Meek 3. Yes. I hope you get that out on time when you want to. <laughs> really hope so. Really hope <laughs> So what advice have you got uh, for as- aspiring horror writers? That is a good question, too. You just throw in some bangers out there of questions like these are. Um, honestly, the advice that I've always given and the advice that I was given is it's kind of like raising kids. Your book is your kid. Raise it how you think what you think is how you think is right. Don't let someone else tell you. And I've told people that too, like friends of mine that are just having kids. I'm like, look, if I can give you advice as a parent of two of two children, don't let someone else tell you how to raise your kids. Like yeah. you raise your kids in the way you think is right. You instill your values on them. Let them learn from you. You know, that's how it is with writing a book. That is you. When you release a book, people are reading that book. And that that is a huge reflection of you as a writer. Especially if it's your first book, you know, people are going to hit that first book hard, especially if you have someone promoting it for you and saying, hey, read this book, read this. People are going to have expectations. And, you know, like it's it's a lot of pressure, you know, when you have these new, especially like with horror and stuff, people think I've had some people don't I'm not trying to sound mean, but I have had some people send me things to read that I, I you know, I have to be I don't want to send them out in the wild unprotected you know i've had to read some stuff and i'm like look man like there's a lot of work this needs like this needs a lot of work like i'm just telling you that from like a professional standpoint this needs a lot of work and people were kind of upset about that and you know but i'm not going to just say oh this is great good job go for it you know i don't want someone to have to like release their first book and then be hounded with bad reviews and it's not up to me to say what's good or not but i can tell you what works and I know what the audience looks for, especially the extreme horror audience. And if I read something that's just not – I just don't think people are going to really enjoy it. And I don't look at it if I enjoy it. I don't have to enjoy it. I've read things that I, even I would say, I don't like this, but I'm sure there's a big audience for this. And I'll tell people that. But if I, if someone sends me some kind of – and it's mostly extreme horror that I get, obviously. But yeah. I've been sent a lot. I'm telling you, like mountains – of arcs and hey man look i wrote this short story can you read this i'm like yeah sure and i'm just there's some things that i get that i'm just i'm like look let me talk to you about this am i trying to be rude i don't want to dissuade you i think you know this is great that you're you're wanting to do this you know this just needs some work maybe focus on building your characters or you know whatever you know I, I tell i try to give as much advice as i can about whatever i've just read but honestly if, if, if i was to shorten it down and just answer your question straight up and say what advice would i give to people it would be it would have to be oh, it's tough to put the words like just to shorten it down it's uh write what you want to write but don't take criticism like Oh my gosh! I'm like now I'm getting tongue tied. I was I'm over here just like spatting off for like ever. Now I'm over here like trying to give advice, and I'm tongue tied all the time. Write what you want to write, but learn to take criticism because a lot of people can't do that. Yeah, you and that. yeah, you you, you got to have thick skin with it because as I said, I will never ever ever say that a book sucked because I know what it takes to write a book. And I know the trouble. I mean, you can tell us my rushes through it and just doesn't care. But most of the stuff I read, you can tell people care. Like they want it to be good. And as I said, I would never send somebody out, especially to the extreme horror audience, who's very, very. Uh, they will. They will let you know. 
they're not going to sugarcoat anything. Um, so I never want to send somebody out, out into that audience that I don't feel that their story is going to be, I said, write what you want to write. I don't want to contradict myself on that. You write what you want to write. But if someone comes along and says, look, maybe fix this, maybe fix that. Just take it. You know, if, if you think they're just an idiot, you don't want to do it, then don't. Then if you want to just throw your stuff out there, then throw your stuff out there. You do what you want to do. But <laughs> I don't if I, I advise against just, you know, maybe like as like a new a new author saying, well, you know what? I don't need anyone to read my stuff. My, this is good. This has got to be good. And then they just release it. Just throw it out to the world for everyone. And everyone's like, uh, where'd this come from? Who's this author? They're going to, right off the bat, they're going to know, I don't know this guy or this girl or whoever. I don't know this person. So they're they're instantly going into the book already looking for stuff that they're not going to like. Yeah. They're like, well, I don't know this. I don't know this author. So I'm instantly automatically going to be like, you know. I'm going to judge every little tiny detail. I'm going to pick apart every little tiny thing. And that's scary for a new author. It really is. I have an author friend that had just released a book, his second book. And he had gotten a couple bad reviews on the first book. And I was like, look, man, like you can't, you know, take, take everything and turn it, flip it, take all these bad negative things. And work with them in a sense that, like, make them positive. Like, it's someone trying to give you helpful advice. Even if it is comments like, you know, that someone's just completely ripping you apart, like, learn from that. You know, as I said, I'm not saying write what everyone wants to write, but also on the other end of the spectrum, I'm saying take advice from people that have written stuff. You know, like, don't let them tell you how to write your story or what to do in your story. But, like, if it's a professional thing where you have a lot of typos or your sentence structure is really bad you know take that and when they say hey look man maybe you should put this sentence here you know don't let anyone tell you how to write your story or what the story needs to be about or whatever what genre to write but take take professional advice from people that you know that have done this before you know i I love i want to see this community grow i love i have two people uh chuck nasty ashley fox i i helped them release their books I coaxed them through the Amazon KDP process, the cover editing process, all this stuff. Um, they're phenomenal books. Ashley has uh, Little Glass Jars. Chuck Nasty has House of Flesh and Thirsty. And it's awesome. Like, I, I love knowing that I helped them do that. But they they came to me with it. They wanted advice, too. A lot of them, both of them were like, look, is this? I'm going to send you this. Can you read it? And I was honest with them the whole way. Yeah. So, and I feel like as an author with with other books, it is my responsibility to help other people who are just now starting off because I would want that. You know, if I'm just starting to write and I message an author that I'm I'm looking up to, I'm loving their books, and I'm like, well, I really want to do that. I would hope that that author would take just a minute out of their day to say, hey, you know, good for you. Like, you do that, you know, heck, send me a copy when you're done. I'll read it. I'll let you know what I think, you know. That's I think that's your responsibility as a an author with a, a known author, you know, helping yeah. helping the helping the newer people because we want this community to grow. You know, this isn't a competition. No matter what people think in the extreme horror group or any kind of writing group, this isn't a competition. The other horror authors aren't my competitors. You know, because it's not like someone's going to just buy one buy from one author for the rest of their life. So um, there's no need for everyone to fight and bicker about sales and try to step on people. Work together. We're a self-sustaining community in the horror community. We really are. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of the same people that buy my books, a lot of the same people. And I appreciate those people because, and guess what? If, if, if another author comes out with a book that I, I think looks interesting, I buy that. I try to pick up as many of their books as I can just to support them because I want to keep the community going. It's like we are a self-sustaining community. And I've always said that. That's a very nice community as well, isn't it really? Yeah, it really is. Okay. So I know you've gone on to it a little bit about um, memorable reactions from your readers, but is there anything that particularly stands out to you? Uh, uh, Yeah. Uh, my grandmother picked up one of my books and 
I don't throw my books on people unsuspectingly. Like I'm not like, Hey, read this. Yeah. And just, and, and I'm not one of those people. I don't want to like traumatize somebody. Like I'm not one. Of, I, I do warn people. It's on the cover of every book I've written. If it's extreme, it, it says it. But uh, I gave my grandmother one of my books and for some reason, her more than anybody else, I was like really excited to hear what she thought. I was like biting my nails, like I wonder if she thinks she thinks it's any good. She, she's always like reading like uh, uh, Lee Child and Stephen King and all these. She's been reading for years and years and years. So, and um, so I'm like this seasoned reader of like 50 years is about to read one of my first books, and I'm sitting over here just so nervous. And um, she came out after she had finished it, and she was like the look on her face. I was just like, oh man, was it bad? <laughs> She's like, no, no, it was good. Like, she she was like talking to me about, like, oh, this character did that. I really like that you did this and this. That right there was like the greatest reaction I've ever gotten from a book because it was like being in person with someone who you're related to, who's who you value their opinion so highly. And for them to like, even if it was just kind of her being like, hey, it was great. Good job. You know, okay. Like, you know, you did really good. Like, even if it was like kind of like just, making me feel better but no she was she was talking about like how she liked certain characters more and uh, certain decisions that were made she was like well i just couldn't believe that that happened i thought that was so awesome like that was the i still think about that almost every day how awesome Mm -hmm. that was like that that is that one that's just an awesome reaction like i i love that i'll never i will never forget that like that'll always be like the thing like my grandmother a seasoned hardcore reader I mean, she has read books, and I'm like, she she had finished uh, the uh, eleven twenty three sixty three Stephen King book about uh, JFK. That monstrous, thick, freaking book, and she's like, "Here, read this." And I'm like, "I don't think I had the attention span for that." Like, it's a doorstopper. So, uh, but for someone who reads books like that to like compliment my my work, that was awesome like that was that that did it for me like that i'll never stop writing just because of that that was awesome that sounds fantastic especially from your grandmother yeah what she didn't read an extreme one it was a book i had called uh every little flaw um it's my least extreme book it has some elements but i would not consider it extreme at all so I, that's why I wouldn't let her read like Violence on the Meek. Like that would never be like, hey, read this book. So um, <laughs> even my mother, when my mother buys my books, she buys every book and she's like, can I read this one? And I'm like, no. She's like, okay, well, I'll just wait for the next one. So then like when I come out with a book that's like, okay, yeah, you can read that. I had a book called uh, His Name is Vicious uh, about a dog who, uh, who had drank uh, polluted creek water and like, had a baby had puppies and the puppies turned out like really bad it's kind of like a cujo-esque type thing yeah and uh, i was like yeah read that one and she read it and was like that's great it's awesome great book you know it's, it's nice to have books out there too where i can have my family say hey you can you can read this one don't, don't read these but you can you can read this one this is this one for you <laughs> so that's always nice well, it was lovely having you on, Stuart. Uh, thank you very much for accepting my invite. Uh, I do hope that uh, all of your new releases and your old releases do really, really well in the future. I appreciate that. And I, I really appreciate you uh, inviting me, honestly. I'm sorry I rambled at points. I just, uh, I, I do that. Like I get sidetracked and I just like go on and on and on. No, that's fine. That's that's one way that the readers get to know the authors. Yeah, I pretty much gave my entire life story there. So hopefully, uh, I, but see, that's the thing. It's like, it's like you're not one of my books. I'll go back after this and say, oh man, you know what? I should have said that. And I'll, <laughs> I'll beat myself up because I'm like, dang, I really should have said that. What? Nice, fine. Don't worry. Well, thank you very much. 